Sugars, this is a very special episode of the Dear Maddie show. And I know it's like I've said it's when I say that I feel like I'm that 1980s sitcom where it's going to be really depressing. This is totally the opposite, though. This is a very special episode because it's such a fun episode. I can't believe I got this episode. This is this episode is purely um, it, it's a purely because of perseverance and my mother telling me to just nag people. And that's what I did, the people at Bravo. This message, uh, this message, this interview is with Jennifer Welch from Sweet Home Oklahoma. I'm so excited. If you're not watching Sweet Home Oklahoma, I can't help you, sugars. I cannot help you. This show is so funny, so great. I talk about a lot why I like the show, but so I'm not going to talk all about it here. But I do feel like if you are any woman that has a great relationship with another one of your girlfriends, you need to watch this show. And if you're from the South, man or woman, every gay man needs to watch this show too. Because these women, if you're if you're a lady or a gay man, these women are our people. And it's I will say this, if you're like ugh, a Bravo show about women, it's not like a housewife show. It's way more positive. It's totally different. So anyway, the finale of Sweet Home Oklahoma is actually tonight on Bravo. They're doing two back-to-back episodes, an hour finale. So you can, if you're free today, you can catch up, call in sick, tell them you have a stomach bug. They're only 30-minute episodes. And if you didn't catch up, you'll be okay, too. You could watch the finale, or I'm sure they're going to replay it. But it's a great show. So anyway, I was excited to talk to Jennifer because... She represents a lot of women that I know in Oklahoma that I don't think are represented on television and her friends as well. And so I just, I I love that they're giving voice to that because y'all know I'm a real proud liberal Democrat, but sometimes it's hard to be from my state and that's okay. But also it's hard to be from my state because I think especially living in California, people uh, they have these. They have these judgments about. Oh my God, what was it horrible growing up there? Were the people just terrible? And I'm like, no, it was really beautiful. It's a beautiful state, and my family was great, and I had great friends, and I I love my life there. So it really, um, I feel like Sweet Home Oklahoma showcases on the Oklahoma that I love and that I'm proud to be from. So there you go. I just got emotional. All right, everybody. So Jennifer Welch, I just. We're going to talk about Tubbers or Dog. We're going to talk about Pumps. We're going to talk about Josh and uh, what it was like for her to go through, like supporting a, uh, a husband, well, ex-husband that's going through addiction. And I mean, this episode, it truly is what Dear Maddie, I want it to be. Highs and lows, funny, emotional, and no matter what, hashtag truth talk. All right. See you at the end. I really look like a fucking white trash hobo. I'm so sorry, Jennifer Well. I really normally dress cute. It's just too hot. Uh, I do not have the arms to wear a tank top, but I don't care. <laughs> All right, everybody. What, what? Welcome to the Dear Maddie Show. It's a podcast. This is a very special episode of this uh, of, of the Dear Maddie Show. I'm. If this was a long time in the making, but I have from the Bravo, the hit Bravo show, Sweet Home Oklahoma, Jennifer Welch. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I literally seen your face. I went, ah, I'm talking to Jennifer. And I don't really, I'm not like a star fuck or anything, but I'm just so excited to see you. Like, I feel like you're just one of my friends from Oklahoma now. We're from the same tribe. We are from the same tribe, literally. Um, Well, I'm not, I'm not Indian at all. I'm like the one Oklahoma person, not a drop in me. I think I have a tiny bit, but I was referring to the um, Oklahoma, I mean, the just Oklahoma tribe. Yes, that's true. 
Well, and what you know, sorry, Gay DD, I'm going to go off, Jennifer. But one thing I missed that I didn't, I didn't experience. I'm not really a sports person, but man, I think I would have loved going to Thunder. I'm so lucky that y'all have that now. I'm so it, glad. It's, it is so much fun the Thunder games are. So I have two sons, as you know, Dylan yes. and Ryan, uh-huh. and they are basketball obsessed. So I'm into, you know, I'm an interior designer and I'm into fashion mm-hmm. and. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with these boys? When they were little, we, you know, we played all the games that little kids play. But now that they're bigger, it's something that we have bonded over. We have season tickets and we can go to these Thunder games and cheer. And I absolutely love NBA basketball and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it's offered something for my boys and I to do together. Of course, Josh comes along too. But we are a very basketball obsessed family. And the Thunder has been the biggest gift to Oklahoma City. It's been so much fun. I think so too. Russell Westbrook is so cute. I think I'm like one of the... adorable. He's adorable. And I'm one of the few people in California that I'm like, no, Golden State. No, Kevin Durant, traitor. I'm not. I get so I, I get so emotional about it. And I, don't, I never was like that with sports. It's weird. I feel butch. <laughs> You're so butch. I'm so yeah. butch, Jennifer. Okay, so I so if nobody's watched the show, uh, you should. You should watch the show. The finale of the show, this episode is going to air. Actually, I didn't tell you this before we started recording, but this is going to air on Monday. So the finale of the show is... back-to-back episodes. Yes, two back-to-back episodes. So if you're listening to The Dear Maddie Show... Tonight, set your DVR, your TiVo, because Sweet Home, Oklahoma, two back-to-back episodes tonight. And what I love about the show and why I wanted to interview you is that it's about, it really revolves around, like I said, you and your business, your interior designer uh, with, and your husband, I mean, no, 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 I'm sorry, your your ex-husband, Josh, that you live with, and also your best friends, Lee and uh, Pumps. And, but I really, I just feel like, I mean, Pumps is my Aunt Karen. Lee is my Aunt Darla. I mean, you are my Aunt Peggy. Like, you are these women I grew up with. Wait, hang on. Peggy, Darla, and who? <laughs> and then uh, uh, that's my Aunt Karen. But they okay. are, that's a, Karen was on my mom's side, but Peggy and Darla are Peggy, Peggy. Jean. Do you have an Aunt Peggy? I had an Aunt Peggy, yeah. Peggy Jean and Darla Jean. My grandma just named them all Jean. <laughs> Country as shit. Country is shit. Well, what a popular middle name is Wayne. So my dad's Richard Wayne. My brother Stephen Wayne. Wayne is a big oh, middle. Oh, my too. mother's second husband was uh, Billy Wayne. Yeah, oh. it's just mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's uh, it wasn't William. It was Billy. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's great. So and 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 one of the things too that I the really like I knew like on the first episode it showed your kids like just drinking. Dr. Pepper, and I, it's such an Oklahoma thing I grew up with as well. It made me, it made, the show makes me homesick. So if you're from Oklahoma, watch it. But why I wanted to have your show is that you, I feel like you're kind of breaking the mold for me of reality shows, especially for shows that have been on Bravo and that these are, you are two, three women, your two friends, Lee and Pumpers, they're, you all are so you're, I don't want to say you're nice. I want to say you're kind to each other because, you know, there's that nice is that you're sometimes you're not fakey Southern women. You truth talk to each other. You lay shit down. But at the same time, you're very kind to one another and supportive of one another. And like, how did how did these how did you become friends with Lee and Pumpers? How did this friendship evolve? So I think that that's one thing that um, is probably unique about our show is we our friendships existed for over a decade before the cameras ever came around. And if the cameras had never come around, these women are in 
my daily lives. And um, Pops I met, I've known her the longest. I met her about 15, 16 years ago through Josh. So my ex-husband, Josh, is an attorney. Pumps is an attorney. Pumps' ex-husband is an attorney. Um, Josh and Pumps' ex-husband were fraternity brothers at Oklahoma State University. Oh, okay. At OSU, go Pokes. Go and, Pokes, yep. Uh, go Pokes, Pistol Pete. And uh, Pumps went to OU. I went to OU as well. But I met her after they all graduated from law school. Pumps needed a decorator. She has no taste. I mean, the <laughs> one has zero taste. So I was just a baby decorator at the time, you know, just taking on, you know, doing a drapery here, doing fluffing some pillows, not the big, large scale projects that I do now. So Pumps wanted to remodel her kitchen and she hired me to do it. And we were instant, instant friends. Um, I already had Dylan. He was like one year old. Um, she had her t- oldest two. And uh, she hadn't had Luke yet, but and this you'll see this in the episode uh, that are coming up on Monday night. Right when I walked into Pump's house, I walked in. She goes, "Oh God!" So what do you think? And I looked over at her dining room table, and there's this gigantic silk floral arrangement. I mean, it is massive. I mean, this thing is Texas-sized silk floral <laughs> arrangement. So I'm like, geez, this is not going to be good. So I kind of peek around the floral floral arrangement and on the wall is a big painting of flowers. And I looked at her and she goes, so what do you think of all this? And I said, the only thing worse than silk floral floral arrangements are paintings of silk. (laughs) And you have both. That is truth talk. And as Pat says, it was love. It was love at first sight right there. She just loved that. I just told her that. And so we, um, you know, Pops was, she has been such a dear, dear friend uh, to me for so long. Uh, both of our husbands have struggled with addiction. And when you have little toddlers and newborns and you're dealing with that, if you're dealing with it in general, it's hard. And then pile on little babies. And we really helped each other raise each other's kids. And then I met Lee through, uh, she has twin boys that are the exact same age as Roman. And we really connected because at the time, we would drop our kids off. I would drop my baby, Roman. She'd drop her baby twins off at Mother's Day Out. And we were the first to drop off and the last to pick up because we both worked. And the stay-at-home moms are in their cute yoga pants with their Starbucks. And and we kind of, you know, we wanted to do that. But she was in the process of, you know, having some marital problems, financial problems. Same for me, marital problems, financial problems. So we both went back to work. And that was how we connected because it was this lonely morning, early morning drop off. Mm. And um, so we really bonded over that burden that we both carried of having these kids, but we, we couldn't be with them all day long. We had to drop them off at these daycares, this mother's day out type programs. And so then I introduced pumps and Lee and, you know, we, we all get along great and, and really, really support each other. I mean, do we give each other hell? Yes. But I think that that's, what you see in our show is the way real friends behave. You yeah. you at each other. You can say "fuck you," and it doesn't mean anything. You don't have. There's not a follow up. I can't believe you said "fuck you" to me. No. That's what. That's not the way real friends behave. Real friends know your jab- intention. No, real friends know your intention. Right. They love each other. You jab at each other. You can let your inhibitions down. So you know, people ask us all the time. Were you nervous to film? And yeah, we were nervous the first couple of days, not more so, not as so much to film, but we were nervous, like, what the hell have we done? 
that type of nervous. But then as soon as we started talking to each other, I'm filming with my best friends. So like, you know, it was so comfortable because that chemistry is, you know, over a decade old. Mm -hmm. So you have your support system in this potentially nerve wracking situation. So instantly, you know, day one, day two, we're totally in the groove of filming. So that was, that's been awesome. I could not imagine doing this with people you don't know who are trying you know, stir shit up with you. I, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm cut out for that. Well, you definitely don't fake it. And I love that you all have your little quirks of like, like my mom is the same way. She cannot go. If she has an afternoon free, she cannot go drive in the car to the mall to like Quail Springs mall where she used to live. We had to stop by the Sonic and she had to get a diet doctor. Just like pump or like this. It just cracks me up the little quirks. that reminds me so much back home. And I know you do get along, but I, I am, uh, you don't fight, but you do in, push each other by, you were one of the biggest prankers I've ever seen. <laughs> like, so where did this happen? Like, and you really love pump, uh, pranking pumps, usually. I love, I love it. I mean, she just, it's just so You can much. tell she really is gullible, too. Like, it's not fake on the show. You can tell she'll just... She reminds me like a little sister that will believe what big sister says. She walks into it every <laughs> single time and she should hate my guts and see it coming from a mile away. But she is, I mean, she just comes back for more and more. And I think, should I do it or not? And I can't, it's, it's like a drug in front of me. I'm like, it's teed up. It's sitting right here. I'm going to, I'm going to get out my golf club. It is teed up and I am just swinging right now. And she can't get you back. I love the episode where you had pranked her and she was trying to get you. And it was like the shittiest, like, toilet oh, paper. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> yes. And then you, while they were, if you haven't seen the episode, everybody, Jennifer walks out, just walks out of her, her back door. They're not even paying attention and goes and puts a shit ton of salt in Pump's iced tea. And then. And iced tea. Yes, yes, yes. And then, oh, well, you can watch it. You can, I'm sure you can stream these on Bravo. But I. I, again, I love that because, again, that's some... You know what else I love about the show, too, is that it... Um, I think the three of you have been such a contrast in as... Um, oh, my computer's not plugged in. Sugar. I better plug that shit in. Um, as a contrast <laughs> as somebody who is from... I mean, you don't know a lot about me, but except for that, you know, I live in L.A. I'm real gay. But, like, I'm my master's <laughs> is in counseling. I started a, a leadership activism camp for LGBTQ youth in Southern California. So activism, social, is a big thing to me. And, and also empathy. And I feel like I love that the three of you have represented a different slice of Oklahoma that I don't think we've seen. A, with, you know, you talk about your politics, but also I was really moved in, like, you know, I'm not a religious person, but to see... Pomps, who was really um, moved by the gay pride parade and like being a very devout Christian and her faith being important to her and her comments she made about not uh, that she, her faith didn't support, wasn't her faith to her wasn't this, you know, negative thing on the LGBT community that she had experienced. I love that. Yes. So, you know, I think that it gets lost Um, when in this 24 hour news cycle, everyone just assumes that if you live in California, you know, you're a flaming homosexual liberal Mm -hmm. Hollywood elite type. And if you live in Oklahoma, you're completely evangelical and the biggest Trump supporter on the planet. And the truth of the matter is, you know, the country's starting to get more and more purple. And, 
you know, red and blue mixed together. And Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma City, you know, we are an urban city. And so it's not homogenous. It's not one size fits all. I am a Democrat. I am progressive. I am liberal and unapologetically so. With that being said, I have friends, believe it or not, that are Trump supporters. And we jab at each other. Like I have these clients. They own an oil company. I, I mean, big Trump supporters. So when I installed their offices as a prank, I went and bought uh, Obama books and put the coffee table books. <laughs> <laughs> I love so that. You cannot laugh with your friends. I mean, it doesn't have to be, I'm a Democrat and you're a Republican, so I hate you. Why can't we, you know, why can't we find what we have in common and still be friends? So I don't unfriend people because they're Trump supporters on Facebook. I just kind of read it and I think, oh, bless their hearts. And then I just move on. But I'm sure my friends, some of my clients think I'm a crazy, you know, Nancy Pelosi style lunatic. And that's fine. I don't care. I'm not insecure about my political beliefs. So if somebody judges me for that, then that's really about them. And that's their business. I don't you know, uh, as far as I'm not a religious person in the least. And, mm-hmm. um, so I, I lean towards, I cut my teeth in the gay bars, you know, as mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20 years old. And oh, I'd so- been to angles when y'all went to angles. I'd been to angles. Oh, yes. Lit a rug in angles, tore it up, girl. I mean, tore we were it probably up. There at the same time. We're around the same age. I think we probably were there. We probably were. And so I can't imagine, you know, I grew up in a very, with very open-minded parents. And I asked my mother once, I said, mom, why is somebody gay? And my mother said, well, let me tell you something. They do not choose it because nobody in their right damn mind would choose to be gay in the buckle of the Bible belt. Exactly. And so that, and I was maybe nine or 10 when she told me that. And so I, you know, when I see, uh, those issues, wedge issues being used, um, the gay marriage, if it's used now it's legal. And I'm so happy about that. But when it was used to bring out the religious base, it just infuriates me. And so I think what you see in this show is, you know, Angie is very religious and her spirituality is very important to her and that's her business. I'm not religious. And, um, that doesn't affect our friendship. I'm a political person. Angie, is not political at all. I mean, that's just not something she follows. So I think that, I mean, I hope that because everything is so contentious right now in the United States, that it's Mm -hmm. like, who cares if, if somebody, you know, has different political views than you do. There's more than likely all of us living in a first world country are going to have a lot of things in common that we can agree upon too. So I think that, you know, it's a story about friendship and learning to love through differences. Our, mm-hmm. our show, a lot of pranks too. Yeah, there's a lot of pranks. Well, speaking of yeah. loving through differences, I want to talk a little bit. You've been very open uh, about your relationship with your ex-husband, Josh. And I, I get so many advice questions about relationships from moms, from single moms, from moms like you who are the breadwinners of their family. Um, and I think, you know... Yeah, we think of the show Modern Family. I, I think that I feel like your family could be on that sitcom because I think you represent what a modern family is. And I even like the episode where where you are going to was it when you went to Santa Fe and yeah. you were going to renew your vows and how at first this was kind of like a joke to you and then it like set into you like wow this is really I love that you weren't comfortable 
doing like a vow renewal when you, you know, and so describe a little bit to that process and what it's been like for you to just, I mean, retrust the father of your children and have, and, and live in the same home, home with him. So, you know, the, the demise of our marriage and any marital problems we have can 99.9% be linked to Josh's addiction. And he has struggled with alcoholism and drug addiction his entire life. I mean, I think that it was acceptable in his home growing up to drink beer. His dad would give him beer at age 11 and 12. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And so it's, it's, that has been a locomotive that had its own energy force. And by God, I tried to stop it. I think we have, but, um, so I've received a lot of Facebook messages and, uh, Instagram messages, private messages from women who are in relationships with, alcoholic slash drug addicts. And what's so painful about that is you love this person so much and love is supposed to be one of those things that feels good. And mm. when you love somebody who is addicted to drugs or alcohol, it is the most painful thing imaginable. Loving them hurts so much. Mm. And so Josh has been to rehab multiple times. And before we finally divorced, he had relapsed before and we'd been separated him out of the house, me with the kids. Um, what people that understand addiction will get how you can take someone back. But people that, that don't, that have this concept, why doesn't he just stop drinking? Why doesn't he just take drugs? You know, it is a disease. It's a brain disease and um, it's horrible. The people that have it do not choose to be drug addicts. It is not a conscious choice. Mm -hmm. And so when Josh sober gets sober and, and his brain chemistry levels out, there is a wonderful, fun person in there that I have a lot in common with. That's the father of my children and that I love dearly. Um, should I, has he done enough for me to say, fuck you, get the fuck out of my house. I don't care how sober you are. I never want to speak to you again. Has he done enough damage to me that would warrant me saying that to him 100 million percent times over he has um it's it's been a process for me uh to learn empathy that i never knew that it would take to get to the other side of this and forgiveness that i never knew i had in me and um so it's been a long journey um where we are now is, is awesome because I, I think you've seen in the show where I used to tell Josh he was using drugs. I want normal people problems. I want to be pissed at you that you don't, you know, put your dish in the dishwasher. And, you know, Josh is from southeastern Oklahoma and, you know, all these country Oklahoma boys dip skull. Oh, dip, do, do rant. Do rant. Do yeah. rant. So he's from Hugo. Josh oh, from Hugo. Hugo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so... He dips go and I used to say to him, I wish I could just be pissed off that you didn't wash out your spit cup. And I know that sounds so uncivilized. No, I know so many women that are upset by that. <laughs> if, you're in it, if, you, if you're in a state where there are small towns around, these boys dip tobacco. And Josh, I mean, I think he started when he was 10. And I mean, I don't think he's going to quit. But hey, you know, whatever. whatever I just don't want to yeah. bring drugs or alcohol. But it's, it's a... Uh, we have had a roller coaster and, you know, high highs and low lows. And what I'm focused on right now with Josh is kind of this boring bliss, this middle ground where we find peace and serenity and just kind of the normal mundane life 
things. Like the other night we played Monopoly with the kids. And, you know, for Josh, a guy who was all about, you know, champagne and cocaine, the idea of playing Monopoly would be dreadful and terrible. But when you've lived what we've lived, these high highs and low lows, it's so fun to sit down and have these family moments because we've had to fight for them and and fight to restore our family. So it's it's something we decided before we did this show, we were going to be really open about. We weren't going to try to hide that you know, that we've had these problems because we have, and there's no reason to have shame in them because everybody has problems. And the ones that say they don't are liars. They're liars. And I love that you said uh, that that it is a disease and there's so much shame with the disease and, and everybody, everyone, again, if you say you're not, you're lying. Everyone has addiction somewhere in their family. It's just, it's just too rampant. And I think you know, something that I, I'm wondering, like, how, with just my own work with clients and my own, like, I, I didn't have it in my immediate family, but my mother's father was, a, you know, struggled with alcoholism. So, like, I grew up with that kind of, like, that style of parenting. My mom and I, we all talked about it a lot. But um, one thing that we talked about is how, when you're in your situation, and I feel like so many women that reach out to me feel like they can do something or they can fix something or they can that that they their husband can love them more than the drug because they think it's about them and I and I want to tell them like the pain he is doing to you has nothing to do with you it is the drug that's what he's focused on how did you how did you get to that point because I feel like a lot of women are still stuck in that I can do something different it was a long journey. So I remember the very first time I dropped Josh off at rehab. I fly him to Arizona and he goes to this place called the Meadows. Maybe that was supposed to be confidential, but who cares? <laughs> and so oh, wow. um, he goes and um, he goes to the Meadows. And I remember I was so naive. I kind of like did my hands like nailed this is it. it. This is it. <laughs> fixed it. I mean, this, this bitch is done, <laughs> fixed it. I got on the plane, went home and I was like, I mean, I am so awesome. He is going to be sober. This is it. You know what that motherfucker did? He graduates from rehab, gets a taxi cab to take him to the airport. And on the way to the airport, he stops and buys a six pack of beer. Wow. I mean, and I was so mad about that six pack. Maddie, for so long, more than any other drug or any other drink he ever took. That one pissed me off for such a long time. But I, I mean, I was a junior detective. I analyzed phone records. I went through credit card charges. I thought if I found something, I counted, I found his, I was so, I became crazed. I would find his pill stash and I would count them and then go back and count them later. So I knew how many he took. And I, the person that lives with addiction gets kind of sick and crazed too. And yeah. I for sure did. And this is about, you know, this is about 13, 14 years ago that, that I was like this in my blissful naivete. But as I went on and I, and I went to therapy, I learned that I was simply the collateral damage of this person's addiction, that the Josh Welch seek and destroy addiction train had taken off from the tracks long before I ever met him. And it was going full speed and I jumped on it. And mm. I really, the only thing, and whether I jumped on it or not, whether we had Dylan Roman or not, whatever, that addiction had a life of its own. Yes. It was going. And so through years and, 
you know, therapy and heartache and more crying and anger and rage and just the whole gamut of emotions that I went through, I finally came to a place where I realized, you know, he's not going to change and his addiction is not going to change, but you can and your reaction to it can. And so, and let me just say, so your audience knows, we had years of him being in recovery and being a family and it was wonderful. But when an addict relapses, it is, you know, Nagasaki. You feel like you feel like you're a ground zero all over again. All over again. So, so don't think audience that I, you know, put up with shit for 15, you know, 20, you know, 15, 17 years. There were awesome, you know, sprints of, uh, of serenity that we had, but when he relapsed, it was terrible. But so I, this last time, and I think you saw this on the show, he had to resign his bar license amid a lot of controversy. He was a very successful lawyer. All of that is addiction related and, and all, all roads lead to that. And he relapsed and I just said, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to count your pills. I'm not going to talk to your therapist. I'm not going to see where you went. I'm not going to see what you did. I am just going to make sure that I was heartbroken, but I thought I'm just going to make sure that Dylan and Roman and I are okay. And my boundary is you can't see these kids unless you passed drug tests. Sorry. Uh, it's my phone. Um, you can't see these kids unless you pass drug tests and not just one, because you know, it's not like you could just, you know, go on a 12 day bender, sober up one day, pass a drug test and then use some drugs to pick up the kids. So I was like, you know, I need like seven or eight days of drug tests. Ultimately, Josh wanted to be father and wanted to be in our family more than he wanted to use drugs. Again, that's not a, that's not a conscious decision when the drug addict is totally stalling out in their addiction. You know, it was, you know, I kept lowering the boom. You're, I'm not going to relent. I will not remove this boundary. You cannot see them. They're not going to see you like this. And you will thank me one day. And he'd be like, you fucking bitch. I'd be like, you will thank me. The sober Josh will thank me for not letting the kids see you in this dilapidated drug state. And he does. Now that he's sober, he thanks me, you know, to the moon and back for being so strong about that. With this being said, we're, we're lucky. Josh and I are lucky that he went to rehab and that was a back-to-back -back stint two years ago that finally did it this time. And, and we decided to give it, you know, one more shot. And we are the lucky ones. A lot of people lose husbands to mm -hmm. prison, to death. Um, and it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's the opioid e epidemic. I think, you know, Oh, it's blown up dying a day. Yeah. And Josh definitely, people ask a lot, like what was Josh addicted to? And it was like mainly opiates, but he was, a, I mean, he's a drug addict. I mean, he'd take anything, but that was his yeah. primary choice. But, um, you know, I, we're, we're lucky. So I don't want anyone to think, you know, this is the magic formula to get your family back together and get somebody sober because it's hard. I mean, it was mm -hmm. the fight of my life and it took me a long time to realize that I had to take the gloves off and just get my life in order, regardless of whether Josh was using or not. I had to have serenity and a home base. So, um, I think probably before all of this, I thought of myself as a feminist, but I really wasn't. It wasn't until Josh was the breadwinner. The boys were really little, like maybe, you know, Roman's a baby, maybe 18 months, two years old. And Dylan's three years older than that. And he relapsed. And I was 
kind of doing baby decorating, not the big design business I have now. I didn't have any money. He was the breadwinner. And I realized how vulnerable I was as a woman with these babies to take care of. And he's using drugs. So his, and his, so addicts just blow through all the money. And I thought, never again. I will never, ever, ever be in a position to where I'm dependent upon him for my livelihood or for my boy's livelihood. And it made me realize how vulnerable women, you know, are because the kids typically stay with the moms. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what really drove me to, I really, really want the government and state federal to really fund, you know, after school care programs, daycare programs for working moms. So that moms, if you are in an abusive mm-hmm. relationship, you are in an addictive relationship, you can get your children child care and it's not going to break the bank and you can work and have an exit strategy. You know, fortunately for me, you know, the exit strategy, he jumped on it with me, which was we're getting away from the drugs. But if he hadn't, you know, I'm still on that, that exit strategy. Mm-hmm. You jumped up, you jumped off the addiction train. That's right. You're still That's on the Josh train, just not the addiction one. So correct. Well, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see your process. It's beautiful to see his gratitude. It's beautiful to see his gratefulness of being a dad. Um, and also, what I what again, what I love too about your show because I see this a lot coming like from the south is like I love the relationship that pumps Lee as well, but especially because they've been friends for so long. What pumpers? And Josh, the friendship they have, because again, I feel like there's like, I remember, and maybe it's more of a small town thing where like women don't like their husband to be friends with other men or vice versa and like weird jealousy shit. And I'm like, their, their friendship, you can tell it's so meaningful to one. And it's so, again, when, when they go to Santa Fe, she kind of spends time with him. And it was really beautiful to see, you know, what a beautiful person for you to relate to because she has been being his friend. I'm sure she's seen, and you said she had this with her own ex-husband of this cycle of addiction and to have her go through this journey with you. Yes. And you know, Josh and Pops have the longest friendship out of the four of us. And I think it's like 18, 20 years or something. And they actually practice law together. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. And, um, Angie would call Josh the princess because when they would have court outside of Oklahoma County, which is where Oklahoma City is, court in these small towns, Ardmore or Elk City, Durant, he would always say, come on, pumps, please drive. And she's like, oh, I'm driving for the princess. And she'd send me screenshots. I mean, send me iPhone pics. She's like, I'm pumping gas for the princess. How are you fucking married to this piece of shit? But they love each other. I mean, they, pumps and Josh, love each other so much. And I love that. You know, there's this scene when we're all at the at Grand Lake. Remember the Grand Lake oh, episode? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Where Josh is kind of like, hey, I took the Viagra. And I'm like, okay, good luck with that. Like, I'm going to go have a glass of wine with the girls. And then Pumps is like, good night, Josh. And he kind of like dry humps her. I'm like, all right, good luck with that, Pumps. And I turn around and walk up. Well, somebody tweeted me like, when Josh dry humps, Pumps and you don't get mad at all. That's why I love this show because it had it been on the housewives, it would have been a four to five story. You, you know, your, your husband, your ex-husband cut me and you're not mad about it. And it's just like, I didn't even think about it at the time. I didn't think about it when I watched it. I didn't think about it in those terms until that person tweeted me that. And so, I mean, the one thing that I love about Pumps is she doesn't sweat the small stuff and I don't either. I mean, it's true. just 
we do not have to fight about petty, stupid stuff. And I just, after all of the stuff I went through with Josh Welch, I don't have it in me anymore. I can't deal with other people. I, I mean, it's like I was a wet towel that has been completely squeezed out and there's not a drop of water in me anymore. So I have, I don't have a lot of patience with people that are fishing for compliments or fishing for affirmation. I just, I, 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 with pups and Lee, we never have to do that. And that's so nice. It's, it's, it's wonderful, wonderful. I literally could talk to you all day, but I won't. Um, now, with Lee, I want to say this last episode. Girl, I agree with you. A 40th birthday party is not a party without a stripper. I don't care if they wanted it. It's for the embarrassment. That was amazing. Lee, you are welcome, Lee. You're welcome. <laughs> nailed, was, it. nailed it. <laughs> no. So, okay. So, to, uh, talk a little bit. Well, I wanted to talk, to talk to you, too, about, like, so what is coming up uh, a little bit, like, as a tease for Monday? Uh, what's coming up that people can expect? I'll give, I'll give you a tease. I think that the audience is by now well aware of Pumps's disdain, jealousy, mean-spirited behavior towards Tubbers. I yep. think that's well established in the series. Tubbers is a very cute, it, Tubbers is your dog for people that aren't white. Very cute Frenchie. He's a cute Frenchie and Pumps is insanely jealous and, and she's downright bitchy to Tubbers. And there may be a assassination plot upcoming on Monday night. I think it's the second episode. There's two 30-minute episodes back-to-back. And I'm just going to say, I'll let you see the footage for yourself. Tubby's fine. I'll let everyone know that. But, you know, I think that her jealousy and um, envy towards that dog is getting out of control. Um, I can't wait. I think you should get her... You should just get one of her children as a gift, a French bulldog puppy, and then she can't take away their, and then she has to deal with it. I would, but you know she's got that gay wolf. Oh, I love, oh, I love the animal communicator episode. That bitch was crazy, and I believe in that shit. I talked well, to an animal communicator. I didn't believe it at first until she totally confirmed what I thought <laughs> forever, that Tubby has a higher purpose. You heard it, right? Where no. I agree with that. My dog does too. My, I, I have an animal communicate. I, I'm all, I'm hippie dip California. I'm 100% in on Pam. I'm 100% in on the pet psychic. <laughs> she confirmed everything I knew about my dog. And I thought it was total fucking bullshit before I listened to it. I am 100% in. But you know, Angie's got that wolf who's gay. It is a gay wolf. That's a gay wolf. I it mean, is. It's totally, yeah. And so, um, that wolf is still not neutered. Can you imagine the pent-up frustration that poor thing has? So the last thing I do is get Pumps a dog. Oh, that's... Why doesn't she get... She needs to get that neutered. Well, she's been moving, so hopefully we... I know that she... Y'all just went looking for a house. That was a beautiful episode, too, of you going to support uh, Pumpers and that, like, uh, you know... Here's a woman who is an attorney. She has worked so hard. She's a very, and again, all three of you are super intelligent women, and you never dumb yourselves down or dumb one another down. So I love that, too. And here Pumps has worked so hard for that. And my heart broke in that I know other women who have were in her situation, worked so hard, got divorced, and then had to move out of their dream house, had a dream house. You know, and I know, I know and Nichols Hill is so, a beautiful it's neighborhood. It's not about the house as much as it is the dream. You know, yeah. that's, that's the part that I think is so sad. And, and that's what was so sad for her was that family that she knew that she built 
that was the final piece of it completely severing. And that is so heartbreak, heartbreaking for any woman. I'm, when Josh and I divorced, it was just, it is like a death. It That's is just, for my mother, it was when she moved out of our home after, because she was married 21 years. That, that was heartbreaking for her. So that was, and Angie loved that house. Don't get me wrong, but it, it was, it was the house and that, you know, her fan, that everything's great. Now her kids are great. She gets along fine with her ex-husband. They get along fine with her dad, but she fought just like I did. We're fighters tooth and nail mm -hmm. to try to keep that family together. And, you know, there is, even though it's not a failure as human beings, we feel like it's a failure, particularly as mothers, you know, to see your kids hurt, to see them have to move. And I think we've all seen how codependent pups is with their kids. Mm -hmm. The you know, sippy cups, etc. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she her sippy cups, the the glove for smoking. I mean, you know, that was a really painful day for her. But I was, uh, she's doing great now. I was just with her yesterday. I'm actually today is Tubber's birthday. He's two. Two. Uh -huh, and I'm going to um, go take a little T-shirt that they're selling here locally, um, a company, and it says Tubbers is my spirit animal. And I got one for pumps in her size. So I'm going to go take that T-shirt to pumps and have her put it on and do a little photo shoot of pumps and Tubbers. Because it is not Tubbers' birthday unless pumps is getting dicked over. Okay, so let's just establish that. Because you did that already on Pumper's first birthday, which was on the show. Uh, send, send me that link. I might buy a shirt. I, I kind of would love that to have that shirt. Okay, uh, yeah. That's amazing. Okay, real quick, and then I'll let you go. We do a, I forgot to tell you this, so I hope you don't mind. We do a chatty Maddie, the same kind of five questions for people. Uh, okay. I can remember. So last, uh, our last five chatty Maddie questions is chatty Maddie number one. What is your favorite childhood smell? Our most memorable childhood smell, I mean. Elmer's glue. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, chatty Maddie number two. I'm trying to remember them. I didn't pull the list. I got so interested in talking to you, I wasn't prepared. I've done this just a hundred times, and I can't. Chatty Maddie number two. What um, uh, what would be the name of your memoir? <laughs> the name of my memoir. I would probably have to steal from Gloria Gaynor, and it was it would be because the fight of my life was that addiction of Josh's, and it still could rear up again, but I, I survived. Or I will survive. Good song, number one song, the year I was born. Okay, uh, Chatty Maddie, number three. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you'd wish you had taken earlier in life? What other people think about you is none of your business. Boy, That's take nice. that to heart, everybody. That's some truth talk, right? Hashtag truth talk. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, all right, Chatty Maddie, number four. What day would be your Groundhog Day? So what day was so great, you're like, I could live that fucking day over and over? I I would say childbirth, but that's, well, that's I mean, that's, it's, not fun. that's terrible. Um, let me think. Probably a vacation day with Josh and Dylan and Roman. I love to go to Italy. Oh, I'm so the jealous. You're, I was following your Instagram. It looked beautiful. Island of Capri, get a boat, a little wooden boat, and you sail around it. We listen to music, jump off into the water, and go eat pasta, get gelato. And I'm with three people that I love more than anything else in this world and just this fabulous country. So it would probably be a day on vacation in Capri. 
All right. Ugh. Okay, last one. This might be the same answer. Uh, but when are you, Chatty Maddie number five, when are you most inspired? I am most inspired when I, I'm most inspired when I see the human struggle and the, the plight. So let me just give you an example of something that really inspired me. Oklahoma has some really horrible incarceration situation as it pertains to women. There was a, a mom, a single mother. She had three kids, Native American Indian, and she sold like, I think it was $12 worth of weed, um, $12 worth of marijuana. She got sentenced to 12 years wow. in jail. Um, and this was back when Josh was practicing law. And I, Josh fought for her and they put together lawyers pro bono to get this mother back to her children for something so ridiculous. I mean, nobody should go to prison for $12 of marijuana. And what, when I hear and see stories like that, that where I see that there is this human struggle that in my world where I'm selling, you know, overpriced things to really, really wealthy people and all of these beautiful things and taking these fabulous vacations. When I see and hear stories like that, it really gets to me. And I think, you know, this is why elections matter. This is, we have to go root for the weakest among us and we have to fight for the weakest among us. And the people that do that, the people, the leaders in this country that fight for the weakest and most vulnerable among us, those people inspire me so much to, to work as hard as I can to live life to the fullest because those people are really fighting the good fight. And, and I think that that's where we all have to, when we go to the voting booth and what we do, we have to think about the people, not just about ourselves, we have to think about the weakest and the most vulnerable among us. And the people who fight for that inspire me more than anything on the planet. Mm. Amen. I'm right there with you. And you're one of those people. This has been, it's been so inspiring to watch all three of you just represent the women I know in Oklahoma and the women I love that I'm as a California, I always feel like I'm defending and I don't mean that from like, you know, liberal, what I don't mean like a liberal conservative thing. I just mean like the heart. It really is Oklahoma is the heartland to me. And so me I too. and you three represent that and Josh as well, too. Like you four of you represent that so beautifully. So hopefully one day uh, we'll, we'll, I'll get to have a glass of wine with you. And but until come back then, in town, y'all. come back in town. But so for everybody <laughs> else tonight, you can see the final two back to back of season one on Bravo. So be sure to check that out. Check your local listings for times because I don't know time. I don't know. I just DVR. I haven't seen the others. They're only like 30-minute long episodes. Binge watch them and get caught up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. And I'm sure you can do that. Just Google on Bravo. I'm not a tech person. I don't have a millennial either like you do, so I don't know when it's going to be. I have to have the millennial on staff here to help me with all of the electronics. Stuff. All the electronics. you got to get a millennial. They're so clever with all the electronics. That's amazing. Jennifer, thank you so much for the show. Tell people where they can find you, Did they where they can follow you on Instagram or whatever. Okay, so um, Instagram and Twitter is both the same handle, and it's M-I-Z-Z Welch, W-E-L-C-H, Ms. Welch. Ms. Welch. 
great. Ms. Welch with a snap. With a snap. All right, everybody. I'll see you at the outro, but thank you so much, Jen. I like, I, I do. I love you. This was great. And for the rest of you, do some, be of service this week, and I'll see you next week. Bye. We were meant to be friends, right? Like, we, we totally were meant to be friends and hang out. Next time I go to Oklahoma, I have friends in Oklahoma City from when I lived there that I need to go up and see anyway. So I just, I just might make a sweet at home Oklahoma trip. Jen Welch, if you're listening, sugar, get ready. Another queens are coming to see you. I bet so many gay men just want to go to Oklahoma now to see these women. So that, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really, again, thanks so much to Bravo, Jordan at Bravo, who helped make this happen. And thank you so much to Jen for taking time out of her schedule. She's a working mom. I mean, breadwinner, and she's doing this as well. Like my little, my little shit show, sugars. I was very, very flattered, and she was so kind and so gracious. And thank you. I forget her name, but thank you to her millennial that she had that set up her Skype. I think her name was. You know, I'm not going to pretend to remember her name, but she was very, very sweet, and I'm glad she set it up. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Again, I just. Uh, the, uh, the You know, the real reason why I had Jen on is because, yes, she represents part of the Oklahoma I love, but I also feel like she represents a lot of you out there that write me um, about being in relationships with someone who's uh, in addiction, or you write it to me about being a breadwinner, and I just felt she was, you know, I, my listeners are really strong, intelligent and truthful women, I feel like, and unapologetic women. And a lot of you, I feel like when you write me these questions and you tell me a little bit about your life, I feel like these are women who aren't, who are kind of done playing the housewife game or done playing the game that feminism uh, or that anti-feminism kind of puts on them. And so I thought she was a great representation of that. So watch the finale. My throat is cracking. Watch the finale of Sweet Home Oklahoma tonight on Bravo. Check your local listings. I don't even know when stuff comes on anymore because I put it on my DVR. Sugars, you know the drill now. If you like this episode, share it on your social media. It always helps. Follow Jen Welch on the Twitter and Instagram. Let her know that you like the show. Leave some reviews on Apple Podcasts. Put some stars and write something. And you can also listen to my other podcast, TV Tea Time with Jake. Where right now we're re- we're uh, talking about boy bands, but we're really just talking about hot guys. All right, everybody. Love you. Bye.